50s. I'm CBS 21 meteorologist Tom Russell. Currently 47 at WHP 580. The following program is intended to provide general information only, and its host, Tim Decker, recommends that you always seek competent professional guidance for financial, legal, and tax advice, as everyone's specific needs are unique. WHP Talk Radio 580 now presents Financial Freedom with Tim Decker from ISI Financial Group. A full hour of sleep well at night financial guidance from an experienced financial advisor. Talking about freedom. I'm talking about freedom. I will fight for the right to live in freedom. This is your financial show, Central PA. Financial Freedom on WHP Talk Radio 580. All right, welcome back to another hour of Financial Freedom. Tim Decker here with you on this Saturday morning. Well, uh, Thank you for joining me, whether you're listening live or listening via the podcast. we got a lot of uh, information we're going to uh, discuss today, as always, time permitting. And of highest priority, i uh, love to hear from you. Anything on your mind you'd like to discuss with me? Uh, maybe you're considering some investments or you have a question about your existing portfolio. Maybe some questions about some possible tax planning, IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, uh, other retirement plans at work, insurance questions, mutual funds, ETFs. Again, if it's important to you, it's my passion to make it important to me. You can reach me here at 717-540-0580. That's 717-540-0580. Or you can call toll-free 800 724-5801. That's 800-724-5801. And last but not least, if you are phone shy, we have an email address that you can email me here during the show or even during the week if you have something that you would like me to address um, come showtime. That email address is ffradio at comcast.net. That's ffradio.com at comcast.net. Have you ever heard of the phrase black swan? Black swan event in the world of finance refers to events that are extremely, extremely rare and unpredictable. They are considered uh so rare that the the uh by definition it's something that you really cannot prepare for perfect example covid-19 last year the housing crash in 2007 2008 numerous other scenarios that one did not see coming and because it is so rare the possibility that it might occur is actually unknown 
There is a book, um, and it's written by an author. His last name is Taleb, T-A-L-E-B. And he is the one that made that phrase uh, famous. name of the book is called The Black Swan. And Nason Taleb uses that phrase or that term as a way to help you think about if you see thousands of swans, which obviously are white, on very, very rare occasion, there might be a black swan. Well, in the world of finance and in the world of investing, it is extremely, extremely important that you always keep that in the back of your mind. What it will do is it will force you to, number one, make sure that you are adequately diversified. Number two, it will force you to always keep an adequate amount of very, very stable, extremely conservative investments to help you get through the times when these unforeseen and extremely random events take place. That's why I am such a proponent, again, always subject to your own personal goals and financial plan, but for most individuals, not only having some cash is important, but there is nothing Nothing that holds up better during these black swan events than things like government treasuries. Think of government treasuries as the insurance policy that you are paying for on your policy. Now, you have a year like this year where the markets here in the U.S. have been up over 20% and treasuries are actually temporarily down let's say 2% the temptation is why why would you own bonds let alone government treasuries which yield roughly around 1.4 1.5 on the 10 year when you can have it all in the market. Well, one of the most dangerous concepts and one of the most dangerous teachings by some in the financial services industry is, well, bonds are yielding next to n nothing. In fact, after you subtract inflation, you're losing money, why would you want to own bonds? My friend, they completely, completely do not grasp what their purpose of owning bonds, and in this case, government treasuries are for. It's like the insurance policy on your home. Why do you own that? Do you 
pay the premium every year? 90% of the time, you pay the premium hoping that you're never going to get anything in return. Because to get something in return, your house is going to have to catch on fire. But on those rare instances, for those that have that extremely unfortunate experience, that homeowner's insurance is invaluable. For the rest of us, knock on wood, who have not had that experience, we still have the peace of mind, and thus we pay for that insurance because we know that if that event, and you might want to call it a black swan event for you personally because it's not an event that you can predict in advance and it is extremely, extremely rare, but in the event that occurs, we know we've got that insurance. So it's the peace of mind. And it's the same way in your portfolio. You do not and should not own bonds as a way to provide you with growth on the overall value of your account. That's not the purpose of those bonds. The purpose is to provide you that portfolio insurance for events for market declines in equities and stocks, which we know will take place. For those of us and for our clients back in March of last year, when we saw the sharpest, fastest decline here in the U.S. stock market of a 34% decline in 23 business days, over that time period, you can be assured our clients and myself were glad that we owned some short-term and intermediate-term government treasuries. Because not only did that help protect the overall portfolio, but as you've heard me discuss numerous, numerous times, it allowed us to sell some of those bonds that went up. They went up during that two or three month time period and we were able to, you guessed it, sell some of those, take some of the cream off the top and take advantage and capitalize on the opportunity that we were able to buy shares of great companies when their price had temporarily declined. When we come back from the break, I'm going to pick back up on this. Um, and we're going to talk about what some financial advisors and some individuals that invest on their own unfortunately mistake when they think about bonds and what some are actually out there suggesting that because interest rates and yields on bonds are so low, what are some things that they are suggesting that you should consider uh, using as a substitute for those bonds for income and just how dangerous it is. Okay, let's take our first break. We come back, we'll pick right back up. Anything you'd like to discuss with me, 717-540-0580 or 
5801 or shoot me an email at FF Radio 7 News Radio WHP 580. If you have a question about your finances or your financial future, give us a call right now at 540 0580, providing you with the information and answers to gain your financial independence. This is Financial Freedom on WHP 580. Once again, here's Tim Decker. All right. Welcome back. Before we uh, go back to a uh, discussion that I want to have further about the role of bonds um, and why they are so extremely important and the danger of some of the substitutes that um, are being touted out there by many in the financial media and financial advisors. Uh, let's go to the phone. We have Jeff from Reading. Good morning, Jeff. How are you, kind sir, and how can I help you? Hi, Tim. Thanks for taking the call. Doing well. Absolutely. Hope you're doing the same. So considering we're, we're planning to do a Roth uh, conversion from traditional IRA into a Roth this year, and we're in um, the 22% marginal bracket. Mm-hmm. If... Um, and understanding we don't know where tax rates are heading, but assuming that we, we continue in the future, the progressive scale, because right now our effective tax rate is, we'll just call it 10%. If I were to transfer now, we, we you know, we're going to lock in that 22% on whatever we transfer. Right. Is it, if we assume in the future in our retirement, there's still some progressive level of tax, would it behoove us to maybe consider not transferring now but allow those progressive rates in the future to to in effect lower our taxes on the well, on these conversions yeah yeah how do you how are you anticipating that pro- progressive tax rates in the future are going to lower your taxes other than your income is less well if our income is less but if our income really is part of what's the the tax deferred retirement right now and if that were to be our, our full income, our effective rate at that time could be something lower than 22%. But if I convert right now, this year, being at the marginal rate of 22, everything I convert will definitely be taxed at 22%. Right, 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 right. Um, there's several uh, variables that we look at when counseling clients as to when it might make sense and when it might not. Number one, uh, you're absolutely right, Jeff. We don't know for certainty what, you know, what the future holds uh, for tax rates. However, I personally, and this is me speculating, okay, but I personally cannot imagine tax rates in the future being lower. Um, the debt that we have is just, I mean, it's just sn- snowballing out of hand and we also know that from a historical perspective, the low tax rates that we are enjoying right now are amongst the lowest historically. So that's number one. Number two, if nothing gets pushed through with the current tax rates next year or you know, even the year after, we know the current tax rates sunset in 2025 and they will revert back up in 2026 to the higher rates that we had in 2017 before the Tax Cut and Job Act was signed into law. So we we have that 
already in the law. So that alone is going to bump tax rates up. So those are just some things to think about. The other thing that you want to think about is how much do you currently have in your tax-deferred accounts, like your traditional IRAs and your 401ks. And the reason why I'm asking is if you have a substantial amount and in, in, it looks like you're overweight more in those types of accounts than you are Roths, at age 72, when you are going to have RMDs, your required minimum distribution, many individuals don't think that far down the road. And the fact that I've seen it many, many times that people can actually be pushed up into a higher tax bracket and it can affect um, their Medicare premiums as well. It can affect the taxation on their Social Security, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts there, whereas, you know, maybe had they done some good planning, like you're considering now, where they started taking some money out of their IRAs, even though they didn't have to, but starting to bring that balance down and only paying a rate of 22% means that that balance and thus the RMDs that you're going to be forced to take are going to be less. Number three, something else that is very, very important. It's called the widow's penalty or the widow's tax. Most have not even heard of that. What that is, Jeff, is um, are you married? Yes. Okay. So let's fast forward to uh, your uh 85 years old the good lord takes you home and and your bride is left here what happens to her from a tax perspective well she no longer is married filing jointly so she would file single what does that do to the upper limit on her tax bracket it's cut in half it's literally cut in half which means most often that can bump her up into a higher tax bracket. So having some Roth conversions, when tax rates are low, we know they're going up in 2026. Um, and again, looking at whether or not uh, you, you, know, you have a s substantial amount in your tax-deferred IRAs and 401ks and, and those types of accounts uh, can have numerous, numerous advantages. Another advantage when the good Lord is taking you both home, whoever inherits your accounts, if it's kids or grandkids, it's going to be 100% tax-free. And under current laws, they can inherit it, let it continue to grow tax-free for 10 more years, and then take it all out in the 10th year. And when you think about it, if you have kids or grandkids, what's the likelihood subject to what their income is and how well they are doing, what's the likelihood that they may be in a higher tax bracket in the future when they inherit this than what yours is now at a 22% rate? So it doesn't always make sense. It's not black and white, but those are the di different things on a checklist that you know I would suggest you look at and, th and think about. And when in doubt, everything in moderation, you know, is a good thing. So 
I don't know if that helps you, but those are some things to to bring into the overall uh, equation. Great. Great. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Jeff. I wish you the best. All right. Take care. Yeah. um, Roth conversions, it it really requires some forward-thinking tax planning. And, you know, it's, it's not just what's going to provide you with the with great tax diversification. And when I say tax diversification, what I mean is having some monies in tax deferred accounts like traditional IRAs that you have not paid taxes on, but at some point you will, and having some tax-free accounts, which are like Roth uh, accounts, and then obviously you're going to have taxable accounts. Uh, which are your, you know, like your savings accounts and uh, your regular brokerage accounts that you're paying taxes on um, any of the earnings every year. But there's really three silos there. There's tax deferred, then there's tax free, which are like Roths, and then there's taxable accounts. And you really need to think about <clears throat> as you look ahead some of those things that I just shared but often and this is not unusual for parents that are going to pass monies on to their kids often their kids are doing quite well financially on their own if they have a good job a good career and if it's important that they maximize what is going to be passed on to their kids why not pay some taxes now while you're in a lower bracket, so the kids can inherit it tax-free. So not only will they not have to pay taxes, but you're also helping them avoid the larger amount of taxes they would have had to pay if they were in a higher tax bracket. And again, that widow's penalty uh, scenario, I've seen that happen on numerous, numerous occasions where p- people did not even think about, and it was never explained, that whole concept of the fact that when you go from married filing jointly, the upper limits on your income that determine what tax bracket you're in literally is like cut in half when one of the spouses passes on. And that can force you right up into a higher tax bracket, where maybe if you had done some Roth conversions then you would have uh, been able to keep your income lower and then when you're when the surviving spouse is withdrawing income if they need extra income coming out of the Roth accounts that's all going to be tax free and so that's not going to be taxed at that higher tax rate that potentially they could automatically be bumped into when they go from married filing jointly to single so it's it, it's it's not a bl- black and white answer, but ultimately it it comes down to when do you want to pay taxes, and then the the fo- follow up to that is simply for most of us when we're going to have to pay the least. So if you believe tax rates in the future are going to be higher, which as I shared with you in twenty. 26 we know that they're going to get bumped back up that's that's current law 
And if you believe that there is a likelihood that tax rates will go up even further in the future, it may, not always, it may make sense for some of you to work with your hopefully fee-only financial advisor and look at some future tax planning opportunities. And a good financial advisor is going to bring some of these things up and discuss them and point them out so that you can work with them. And hopefully your financial advisor has a team of professionals, tax specialists, that they can bring to the table as well or work with with your uh, existing tax advisor. All right, we're going to go to the news. We come back, we'll pick right back up. Anything you'd like to discuss with me, give me a call, uh, 717-540-0580 or 800-724-5801 or shoot me an email, FF. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. E580, powered from the L.B. Smith Ford Lincoln Studios. The following program is intended to provide general information only, and its host, Tim Decker, recommends that you always seek competent professional guidance for financial, legal, and tax advice, as everyone's specific needs are unique. A lot of financial advisors won't want you to hear what we say. This is the financial show that represents you, not Wall Street. This is Financial Freedom with Tim Decker on WHP 580. Yeah, this is the financial show here on WHP where it's my goal uh, to be your trusted resource for financial truths. Uh, the only live financial show here in WHP. Uh, we are extremely fortunate and blessed to have started on WHP over 30 years ago. And uh, because we are the only live show, uh, that's what allows us to take your calls live, um, and all we need is your first name and where you're calling from. We'll have a friendly dialogue, and I'll do my very best to help you and encourage you to take the necessary steps to get your financial house in order. Because remember, it's it's overcoming and and taking the steps that is so easy to procrastinate about and unfortunately let inertia get in the way of saying enough is enough. I'm going to stop doing what I have been doing, which often is uh, building a household full of financial clutter where you've got an account here, you've got an account here, you've got a collection of investments, but there's no structured uh, process or no written financial plan and investment policy statement that drives all that. And it's so important, it's so important that you have that all in order. 
And not only can it significantly provide you with peace of mind now, but then you, if it's done the way it should be, you are prepared in advance for whenever the next black swan event that we were talking about earlier appears. So, you know, I will continue to challenge you and encourage you. Um, take the necessary steps. Find and develop a relationship with a 100% fee-only, not fee-based. Remember, fee-based means they can charge you fees one minute, and then they can charge you, and then they can get paid commissions for selling you things like insurance and annuities or loaded mutual funds or whatever. You want to make sure that you're working with a 100% fee-only financial advisor where there's complete transparency, complete transparency, and everything is disclosed. And that is the foundation for you being able to develop that trust because you know they have nothing to sell you. They are paid by you and you alone to look out for your best interest at all times. They're not a fiduciary part of the time when they're giving you advice and then they stop being a fiduciary when they then sell you things. A 100% fee only fiduciary advisor is required legally to put your best interest first at all times and to have everything completely transparent and disclosed. If things are not transparent and they're not disclosed and you don't know how somebody's being compensated, if you've been a listener of this show as many times as I've warned you about that, then remember, knowledge equals responsibility. You are responsible. And don't look to the SEC, the government, to protect you. You have to look after you and your family alone. But if you'll take those steps, and what better time as we're heading into a new year what better time for you to say enough is enough? You know, in our office, in the conference room, we have, and I think I shared this before, we have hanging on the wall this beautiful substantive diagram. On the left side, it is a picture of clutter. And then on the right side is picture of having taken that clutter and having it all beautifully fit together in a nice organized package. Not only does that do a lot for you and your family mentally and emotionally, having everything put together, but it also allows you to be confident that when the next market declines take place, you don't have to worry because you've accounted for it, it's built in, and you can take full advantage of it. So please, if there's anything that I can do to, to, to have an impact on your future financial situation, it's hopefully encouraging you to take the necessary steps to get things in order. Okay, let's go back to the phones. We have Brett. Good morning, Brett. How are you, sir, and how can I help you? Good. I'm doing well. Thanks. Hi. Uh, I'm a 57-year-old planning on uh, retirement, retiring at like 65 to 67, and I have a 
retirement fund that's based on retiring at 65, of Fidelity 65, calling to see if there'd be any benefit of more aggressive account aimed to retiring later. Okay, so if I understand uh, what you shared, you have a what's called a target date retirement fund. Is that right? That's right. That's correct. Yeah, okay. Yep. okay. And you're 57, and you're looking at retiring roughly when, Brett? Sometime between 65 and 68. Okay, so you're looking at roughly uh, 8 to 10 years. Correct. Yep. Okay. Okay. What what I would suggest is a target date retirement account, uh, just for the benefit of everyone else here um, that is listening. Essentially, what they do is you pick a date, and often people will choose a date that that they think they're going to retire and then pick the target date retirement fund that coincides with that date. So um, the the whole concept is as you get closer to that retirement date, the fund will automatically change your mix, your allocations within the fund and move more from stocks into bonds. And then the thinking goes that when you go to retire, you're going to have a lot more of a conservative posture in that fund because you're going to have less stocks and more in, in bonds. My problem with those funds is, number one, what is so m magical about some arbitrary number that that you're shooting for that you're going to retire that would dictate that automatically you need to have your investments more conservative. Because if you think about it, Brett, once you're 65 and you retire, you're not going to die. You've got 30 years left that you're going to need this money to provide you with not only an income that you'll never outlive, but hopefully to stay well ahead of inflation. So, one of the biggest mistakes people make is they think, oh, okay, now I'm going to retire. Now I have to move, you know, substantially more out of stocks, and maybe I should, you know, have the vast majority of it in bonds. Well, for some, that might make sense, but everyone's situation is unique, and what what I suggest that you do is – develop a financial plan that builds into it when you're looking at retiring that helps you think about what type of an income are you going to need and want when you retire taking into consideration social security and looking at you know when's the optimal time for you to take that and then how much are you going to have to withdraw from your portfolio to to combine with your Social Security and whether you have a pension or anything else to provide you with the income that you're going to need, not just when you retire, but to have have it account for inflation so that it can go up. Because at a 3% inflation rate, which is historically what inflation's been, in 15 years, a dollar is only worth 50 cents. So I'm, I, I'm much, much prefer and recommend, and this is what we do for our clients, we separate the stock 
holdings from the bond holdings. And ideally, you want to look at making sure you have a minimum of seven to 10 years worth of what you're going to be withdrawing, not in stocks, but in those good old short-term and intermediate-term government treasuries. And that way, when the stock part of it goes down, if you need to take income, you can still take it from your bonds, not have to sell any of those stocks while they're temporarily down, and thus you don't take a loss. Whereas in those target date funds, Brett, you can't separate out the bond holdings from the stock holdings. They're all packaged together in that one fund. So if you're going to be taking income from that when you retire, if that if the stock market's down, all likelihood that fund will be down and you're going to have to sell shares potentially of it that fund to give you that income while it's down versus if you had your stocks and your bonds separated in that account you can pick and choose where you're going to take your income from subject to whatever is up and not have to sell what is down does that make sense yeah it makes sense thank you so uh you would get out of the targeted funds now you're going to have to get out of the targeted funds anyway when you retire and so you suggest Get out of it if now it, and develop an individualized plan now. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gotcha. Thank you. You're welcome. I wish you the best. I really do. Thanks for the call. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Now. Okay. Bye, Britt. All right. We're going to take our last break. We come back up. Uh, when we come back up after the break, I'm going to uh, pick up my earlier discussion on uh, something that I think is very, very dangerous out there as it pertains to looking for options to provide you with income and uh, uh, telling people, oh, you don't need bonds, you shouldn't have have bonds. And unfortunately, uh, the financial services industry is rampant with that type of advice. And you hear it actually on a radio show. You informed. News Radio. WHP 580. Providing you with the information and answers to gain your financial independence. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove I'm right song. Financial freedom. This is Financial Freedom on WHP 580. Once again, here's Tim Decker. All right, welcome back. Final segment, Financial Freedom. Again, uh, whether you're listening live or via the podcast, thank you very much. I am sincerely honored and humbled that you take some of your time to spend together with me here. And uh, it's my hope that uh, you walk away with some valuable information uh, as well as helping you uh, ultimately go from motion I'm sorry go from meditation to motion so many of us think about things that we need to do and that we want to do so that's the meditating part of it but you need to turn that into motion you need to take action and like i was saying earlier why why not now as you're winding up the year and you're starting a new year 
um, say, enough's enough. I want to get my financial house in order. And that's why the name of this program is Financial Freedom. Is it's my, it's my goal and it's my passion to help encourage you to take the necessary steps so that you can be free, ultimately, from worrying about any and all things having to do with your finances. And that starts with a good financial plan and developing a relationship with a 100% fee-only trusted advisor and then working with them to develop that plan, using that plan then to implement a beautiful, beautiful, globally diversified portfolio where you're going to have exposure to over 10,000 great companies throughout the world. And then thirdly, making sure that they have a process in place, a non-emotional, disciplined, automated process that dynamically rebalances your portfolios when the inevitable market de declines come. If you have those things in order, along with making sure as part of your relationship with them, they help you get your estate planning in order, your wills up to date, your powers of, t of attorneys, your living wills, making sure that you have the insurances that you need, but, but making sure that you're not paying for any insurance that you no longer do need, and then helping you with some tax planning, not just now, but as you look forward, uh, and working with a team with that has a financial advisor, some tax advisors, some great state planning and elder law attorneys, whatever you need, your financial advisor should have that as part of a team so that when those resources are needed, they have them there to help you and work with you. And I can tell you, Having your advisors, your professionals work together as a team is invaluable. We do th we do this regularly with our clients. Uh, I was just on the phone uh, several times in the last month with uh, uh, our tax advisor and a client and an uh, attorney, and I mean it, it just it really really provides you with peace of mind knowing that you've got this team that's got your back and is helping you pull everything together and go from chaos as your financial portfolio to having this beautiful organized financial plan in place. What's that worth? Well, that's something you're going to have to decide, but I will tell you, um, I all I hear when we accept a new client and we take them through this process is, I just wish we would have done this sooner. I heard that yesterday in our office. Somebody that we met with, um, and, and they're like, you know, I, I listened to you for years and years, Tim, and I don't know why I didn't take action sooner and I said you know what don't look back because that's not the direction we're going and the past does not equal the future and there's no reason that you should feel intimidated because if you 
work with the right financial advisory firm and the team of advisors that they uh, have, the team of professionals, you should, you're going to learn so much and, and, and your concerns are going to slowly evaporate and it's going to mean the world to you. All right, so bond yields are down. Have you heard talk of, well, since yields on bonds are down and you really can't get much in the way of income from those, let's substitute dividend-paying stocks for bonds. I mean, you can buy a dividend-paying stock and depending upon what stock it is, might be yielding 3% or 4%. Wow. You mean I can get a dividend check equal to an annualized rate, <coughs> excuse me, of 4% and in a government bond fund, it's maybe only yielding 1.4, 1.5? That's a great idea. Well, I'm here to tell you it's a horrible idea. It's a horrible idea. It's a dangerous idea. Go back in any stock market decline as recent as March of last year and see what happened to this asset class of dividend-paying stocks. Like stocks in general, that asset class got hammered as well so yeah you're getting a four percent yield but it's a stock is a stock is a stock it's not a bond so you have to be careful you have to be and the other thing that they don't point out is remember when a stock pays let's say a dividend for a dollar what happens at the same time to the share price of that stock it drops a dollar so that dividend isn't free. It's coming right out of the price of the stock. Please, please, please be careful whose advice you take. And don't assume that just because somebody's on television or radio that they know what they're talking about. There's a lot of dangerous advice out there. you got to look out for yourself and your family. Enjoy your day. And please remember... Invest in hope is not a strategy. Take the steps to get your house in order.